0: This is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Doing right it is. Hey, you
0: finally made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday, the greatest day of the entire week. Welcome into the show. I know everybody's excited. There is so much going on this weekend. It's not even funny, which means... There's probably something, some kind of shenanigans that will happen that we don't even know about and won't know about until next week. But welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today. As usual, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Always great to have you along for the ride. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day bottom of the hour we have blaine Pardo coming on the show he is an author mostly a fictional author but with some political twists to them as well to break your brain open your mind and make the left go absolutely squirmish because that's what we like to do on this program so we'll have him on we'll talk about some of the latest out of the uh current events of the week we'll recap the state of the union address we have apparently and this is breaking news. that's happening, I guess, right now. So let's jump right into it. We'll cover some more of it throughout the program, but let's do this right now. Why the heck not? Breaking news, if you have not heard, but apparently the U.S. has shot down another, quote, high-altitude object <laughs> over Alaska, according to the White House, as NBC News has reported that the object was flying 40,000 feet above the air and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. According to the National Security Council official, John Kirby, as the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself apparently ordered it to be shot down. Now, we don't know what this is. Could be potentially another China, China, China balloon. It could be another one of those, or maybe it could just be something else, maybe a weather balloon from our own National Weather Service that just got lost and forgot where it was going. So who knows the situation here, but it has been shot down. I find it quite ironic, personally, that after allowing one to flow over the entire country to see our entire middle of the country, that this time, now that we're paying attention and people are watching the skies and we need to be very conscious of these things, now the Biden administration's like, wait a second, you should be proud of us because we shot it down before anything actually happened. And we say, "Uh uh-huh, thank you, congratulations, should have done that the first time, but we appreciate you very, very much. The Pentagon apparently had been tracking the object uh, for over 24 hours before being shot down as the uh, fighter aircraft assigned to the U.S. Northern Command took down the object within the hour around 1.30 Central Time, 2.30 Eastern Time. The pilot was able to determine that it was unmanned before it was shot down as well. Garby made clear, according to NBC News, that they do not know who owns the object and would not call it a balloon like the alleged one that was... I like, <laughs> I like how the news reported that. The alleged one that was owned by the Chinese government that the U.S. military shot down on Saturday. They didn't say, of course, that they allowed it to float over the entire country before shooting it down. So we'll keep you apprised if there's any other information on that as the program goes along here but another one shot down early on now that we're aware we're watching you government we're watching you joe biden and we're making sure that you pay attention and take care of these things before you shut down oh we're shooting it down over the ocean after the job's complete and then again china hey by the way can we have a back please can we get it back the answer would be no on that one lots to get to today again blame Pardo coming on the program here in a little bit we have the latest polls on the presidential race of 2023 that we'll talk about uh for a little bit a little bit later on in the program where apparently the media is loving the fact that Donald Trump's only winning the poll if one of his other individuals that worked with him Nikki Haley jumps into the ring officially as well then she pulls away from Ron DeSantis and then allows Trump to take the lead. If not, Ron DeSantis is actually leading in the polls. And now the new conspiracy theory is, put the tinfoil hat on, is that Trump is going to get the nomination by sabotaging the race by putting in a de facto uh, sabotageur, that is Nikki Haley, to pull away from others in order to gain Donald Trump the victory for the primaries. Is that true? Would he plan on doing that or... Well, we see who the best candidate really is. We've had a lot of de facto sabotageurs in the race for a long time. The best one that sticks out to me, of course, is back in 2008 when John McCain won because Mike Huckabee, who was gaining 2%, 3 4% of the polling, was the sabotageur against Mitt Romney. When Mitt Romney was getting for the majority of that the conservative vote, Back in 2008, which is said, imagine if you will, the 2008 that Mitt Romney was the most conservative candidate that we had in the presidential race for the Republican Party. That was kind of pathetic at that time. And we went backwards from there where we went to John McCain, unfortunately, and then Mitt Romney got the nomination in 2012. So uh, it's sad all around that that's the level of conservatism that we've had for the party until Donald Trump. Maybe we've learned our lesson because I would be happy with a Ron DeSantis or a Donald Trump or a Nikki Haley or whoever else may potentially jump in the race of that flavor that sounds like we could have a pretty good race and then the battle is on the heat is on as they say because republicans like to beat themselves up pretty badly we'll get to that a little bit more and talk about those numbers in a minute but first let's get into our what's trending of the day what's trending today. And of course there are two main things going on this weekend. One is Valentine's Day. So just a reminder dudes, if you haven't gotten anything yet for your significant other, then now's the time to do so for Valentine's Day. What are you going to do? Maybe a dinner, maybe a movie, maybe watching the big game which <laughs> are you is that the is that the Valentine's treat that many have? Hey, you want to do something, honey? Sure. I'll get you an adult beverage and some wings while we watch the big game. <laughs> if that's it. Hold on. All right, I think we're good. Sorry. It's cold still driving me absolutely nuts. Every once in a while, you get that little tickle. You just don't want to cough on the air and blow out your speakers in your vehicle. Anyways, you have the big game coming up this weekend. Now, I haven't watched, and I'll be the first to admit, I have not watched an NFL game in probably about three years. I just haven't had the interest. I haven't cared. But this year, coming from Wichita, Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs, are in the Super Bowl, which means I probably have to watch the game, and I will more than likely vote for the Kansas City Chiefs because I do enjoy them to some degree uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you watching the game, and are you prepared for the big game uh, coming up this Sunday? Is that your Valentine's Day treat for your significant other? Here's the bigger part of this that bleeds in, of course, because as we talk about politics on this program, let's talk about the current events, not only to watch the big game, which will be a fun one to watch, Uh, Number one, I am skeptical about the commercials because the last couple of years have had horrible commercials in the big game. Can I say Super Bowl? I think I can say Super Bowl as long as it's not an advertisement. So I think we're okay to say that. Uh, the advertisements have been terrible uh, the last couple of years. There hasn't been any type of uniqueness or special one or funny ones. They've been pretty boring the last couple of years, which has been kind of a downer because that's, for one, a lot of the reason why people even watch the Super Bowl in the first place is because of the commercials. The second is the halftime show. And I am, I don't even remember who. Who is it again? I don't remember. i have to do a Google on the uh, during the break here. But the... Halftime Show has yet to, in any way, have a rock show performance in as long as I can remember. I'm not talking about uh, Prince, because that is not rock, for those of you. I'm not talking about um, some pop rock band. No, no. I want a good Rock Show. As you know, we like the metalheads here on this program. I want a Metallica, which is about the lightest that I'm willing to offer in a negotiation for this. Metallica needs to be performing at the halftime. I know that the Super Bowl a couple years ago in San Diego, there was a big petition trying to get Metallica to perform because, well, I mean, that was their home city. So why not actually uh, have them perform in their home state and their hometown? But they didn't do it. So I've been very upset with the halftime performances. There's not been one that I've really enjoyed at all. In the past probably 10, 15, 20 years, I just haven't cared for them in any way fashion. Uh, And I just I I don't care. So we'll watch it. We'll see what type of um, messaging they have during the halftime. If it's any indication of what we saw from the Grammys a week or so ago, then we're in for a treat for the Super Bowl coming up this week as well. I don't know. The big part about this, though, is that on the political side, of course, is the fact that now many states across the nation, in fact, 36 of them across the nation, allow sports betting and sports gambling here in Kansas we recently just legalized it this last year as well this last football season uh, it passed in July or August of this past year so this is the first season that we've been able to actually gamble here in the state of Kansas where I'm coming from uh, totaling 36 now as of since 2018 with more states having it on the docket over the next couple years as well. And some people like it, some people don't. I don't really care about your opinion on the legalized sports gambling. What I am concerned about is the rotating factor of how the government portrays gambling or any other addictive behavior across the states. Now, you can have some that be like, well, it's bad. It's evil. You shouldn't be gambling because that's really bad for you. Uh, it's addictive and it's it's almost like it, it, it feeds the endorphins in your brain almost like sex or like drugs or like alcohol or any of those sorts of things where you can get addicted to it. And therefore, we shouldn't be doing it. It's just really, really bad. Can't be doing it. And I strongly oppose that position because I think you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to as long as it doesn't harm any other individual's the constitutional principles of life, liberty, or private property. Outside of that, I really don't care what you do with yourself and what you do uh, with your behaviors or the uh, certain things you enjoy, including gambling. I I just really don't care. I'm very libertarian on that front. You should really be able to do the majority of this stuff. But with more states doing this, uh, the concern has been arisen by the government about the addiction to sports gambling. According to the Hill.com, Sports betting has risen tenfold in the last three years, and addiction experts fear that it could be the next opioid crisis in the nation. Now, that being said, with the being considered an opioid crisis, with the addiction crisis of sports gambling, um, is this something that we need to be concerned about as a society? With controlling individuals' impulses to want to gamble money on sports and then possibly potentially lose everything. Uh, On the one side, we can take the libertarian approach of, dude, that's on you. Like, you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't try to take out a loan on your house. Maybe you shouldn't get into that desperate state. And that's your own personal responsibility. So sucks to be you uh, because that's your prerogative. You can choose to do so if you want to. You're never going to get rid of gambling. I mean, with sports gambling, before it was legal in states, you had it underground. So you can't really get rid of any type of sports gambling. You just can bring it out into the open for the government to get their money and get their control on the industry, which is what this is really all about because here's the way it goes. And this goes, let's take for example cigarettes when this is the first, that was really the first debate on should people do this, should not people do this, is cigarettes. People smoke cigarettes, the government says that's really bad for you, you're gonna die, you're probably gonna get cancer, we don't like you doing it, so we're going to put a tax on it. Here in Kansas, we have something called a sin tax, which is really stupid. It's If it's sinful, uh, according to some people's religious views, and people don't like it, then we just put an additional tax on top of it, on top of the regular sales tax that we have on it. So that way, it discourages people from buying the product. I don't know if other states have this or not, but we have what's called a sin tax here in Kansas. It's the most absurd, ridiculous thing that I've ever heard of in my life. But nonetheless, we have it. So we put an additional tax on it to dis, uh, to try and uh, discredit people from actually wanting to buy it, to make sure that they, well, they second-guess it. It's too expensive. I don't want to be part of this. We tax them, but then what do we do with the tax money? They say, well... We want to use it for schools, or we want to use it for highways, or we want to use it for uh, for whatever project that now the government wants to use this tax 24. And then we'll take also a portion of that, and we'll use that for rehabilitation centers as well, or for anti-smoking campaigns, or for whatever, to tell people that it's really bad for you to smoke. And while we're funding these programs of the anti-smoking campaigns, telling you not to smoke, the government then all of a sudden, poof, becomes dependent on the money of the tax revenue from smoking so we fund it to tell you not to smoke but then in the background really want you to smoke because we need that money for all the projects that we're now dependent on with that tax revenue that's what's going to happen with sports gambling while they tell you it could be the next opioid crisis and really bad they really want you to do it because now they have a new it's tax revenue for you
1: reason, with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom
0: every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out today on a Friday, 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us real quickly. We just got a minute with him, but I had to bring over our our sports jocks from the Wichita area here over on KGSO, Felix Johnson, one of our afternoon hosts here. I know you're on break right now, so you got just about a minute. Yeah. Real quick, your prediction on... The game. Final score. What do you think it's going to be? Bet the over for my gambling people out there. Uh, 38 to 30. Chiefs over Eagles. 38 to 30. Interesting. So a close game. Yeah. Are you a Chiefs fan, or are you just thinking that's really, truly what's going to happen? Hey, look, I, yes, I am a Chiefs fan. You are a Chiefs fan. Yes. All right. All right. I just want to make sure. I'm okay. very I'm very biased. I, I am, but I'm not at the same time. I try and stay fair with the numbers and everything. Okay. Because facts don't care about your feelings. Ah, there it is. All right. All right. There it is. Appreciate that very much, uh, Felix Johnson. Uh, for those in the Wichita area, you can hear on our st- KGSO, our uh, sister station over there. For those not in the Wichita area, we do have our other sports station. We have, uh, three, we have four studios that are all over here. And, uh, you know, we bounce around, so we like to have some fun uh, as we broadcast these. So the big game this weekend, the big question is, is the sports gambling, how much money is going to bring in for this one? I think the Chiefs are down slightly in the in the, uh, in the the gambling right now. That's That would be interesting to see as well, but we have one opinion that thinks are going to be up. Um, our DJ Regio over on our Spanish station, I had to bring over for a minute as well. Did I say that right? I did. You did. I did. You nailed see, it. All right. All right. Well, your prediction. You think they're going to win, too.
1: I believe, I believe the Chiefs are going to win. Yes, right. I don't want. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. You know, I don't want them to win. but
0: <laughs> all right. I know all right. they're going to win. That's okay. That's all right. All right. What's what are the latest odds? Um, do you know, I say. know that you like to do some of that stuff. So. Um,
1: uh, kind of. On occasion. <laughs> on occasion. That, that's, that's, that's my side. I dog. may have
0: to throw some money on this one just the because the
1: Eagles are favorite right now. Okay. The Eagles are favorite. Uh, the spread is one and a half.
0: Ooh, so a tight mean, it's one. Very close. A tight one. Yes. Your your thought? How how much money do you think is going to be thrown on this re- sports gambling? I can well, only imagine how they, much money. They
1: they there was a report yesterday that it was oh, really? going to be sixteen point one billion, a, a billion, in, billion dollars. A billion dollars just in gambling
0: for this game. Yes, sir. Sixteen billion. Well, there you go. You could actually fund the entire state of Kansas with that in our general fund. So <laughs> congratulations, good golly. Uh All right, well I, that was way more than I what I expected it to be.
1: Yeah, um,
0: But that makes sense with 38 states legalized sports gambling across the nation, so I guess that makes sense why somebody would want to throw money down.
1: Yeah, it is insane. I mean, they they broke the record this year for sure.
0: Man. All right. There we go. Uh, Do you have money on this one? Yes, I do. Ah! (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to throw some down on this one as well. That's interesting. I appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Thank thank you for having me on. There it is. There it is. (laughs) DJ Ray here over at our Spanish stations again in the building. We got five studios all over the place here. Uh, Having some fun. All right. uh, With the sports gambling uh, on the government side of this again with 16. Imagine that $16 billion. You can't tell me the government's not just loving the fact that people are throwing money at this stuff. And while they say, according to the headlines from the Hill, that it's going to be the next opioid crisis, people are going to be addicted. This is going to be really bad. We need to start cracking down on this again, uh, regardless of whether you like it or not. People are going to do these sorts of things, and to put money into it, now the government, as they say that it's going to be bad for you, they're going to be getting a cut of $16 billion with a B on a singular game for the, for the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. And you can't tell me that the government's not going to enjoy that. Just as we use that metaphor for the cigarettes, they did the same thing with marijuana in Colorado, and they were the experimental state for that as well. They do that with the sports gambling. They do that with every industry where they say it's really bad. Don't do it. But yet we really like the government to come in and actually regulate it and get a piece of this. Uh, here it is. According to uh, Wall Street Journal, 50 million Americans to spent $16 billion on the World Series. Wow. 50 million. We don't get 50. We barely get 50 million people to go actually go out and vote during the election time. And that's how many we're going to see do the gambling for this game. It's going to be nuts. Blaine Pardell will pick his brain on this when we come back a little bit as well. Don't be fooled when they tell you this stuff's bad because you know that they're going to benefit from it in some way, shape, or form. We'll talk some more about that when we come back here on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. Stay here.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: Welcome back into the program. We are halfway through already. Boy, does it fly right on by. we got so much to talk about, so much to do here on a Friday, getting you set for the weekend, especially if you're maybe doing something special with your Valentine for Valentine's weekend, or if you're just enjoying the big game. The Super Bowl, or whether you're just not doing anything at all, whatever you want to do, let's get you started off the right way here on the program. Welcome back in radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time over unders. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the game. Also, the amount of money that the states will be making with the sports gambling in the nation. Again, 36 states have it legalized so far. And according to the latest report, 50 million Americans and $16 billion, that's with a B, will be gambling on this game. And while states say, oh, you know what, gambling's really bad and people are going to have addictions and it's going to be the next opioid crisis. And while they get their tax money, they're like, we'll set some money aside for the rehabilitation programs and helping people. But yeah, come on, they're using it for education, they're using it for books, they're using it for highways, they're using it for their general funds, whatever they're going to spend it on, while they say it's really bad, they'll be doing that, and then all of a sudden, guess what, now they're dependent on that kind of money. We'll talk about some of that some more a little bit later as well. Let's get into what's trending though, shall we? What's trending today? Really happy to have this guy back on the program for a Friday, kind of recapping some things for us here from the week. He is an author, a lot of uh, fiction stuff that's really awesome. His latest book, Blue Dawn, with some other projects going on in the works as well. We've had him on many times before, Mister Blaine Pardo. Blaine, how are you, brother? Happy New Year to you. Hey, Happy New Year!
2: Good talking to you again,
0: Andy. Yeah, you as well. Are you watching the Super Bowl this weekend? You have a a, a preference on the Chiefs or the uh, the Eagles?
2: I'm always going to root for somebody that they claim as an underdog, so I'll go with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I live in the Washington D.C. area. It's really hard to get behind, you know, the Eagles. Just <laughs> really
0: hard. All right, all right. Well, I got to say, coming from Wichita, Kansas, there is nothing but red just covering the entire state and the city right now. Every time, everywhere I go, everybody's all about the Chiefs. So I guess I have to go for them as well. Why not?
2: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go. To me, I think Americans love an underdog, and I and if they're saying that, you know, the Eagles have the edge, I'm going to go root for the Chiefs.
0: Interesting, I like it. I like it. We just read a report that 50 million Americans will be putting uh, bets uh, money on this with legalized sports gambling that we've seen across different states, totaling near 16 billion dollars in total for gambling on the Super Bowl now with some governments and some states saying that gambling's bad we saw the headline from the uh, from the hill.com saying the sports betting is actually going to cause addiction issues and it's going to be the next opioid crisis with how badly people are going to be spending money on sports gambling do you really think the governments are going to be complaining in the fact that the in total across the nation 16 billion dollars worth are going to be taxed uh, through legalized sports gambling for governments to use however they choose
2: You know, the government always tells you that. I remember when lotteries came in, they told us it was all going to go to education. Our schools were going to be the best schools in the world. Our teachers were going to make more money than anything else. And they did route the money to education. But what they did is they took the money that they normally spent in education and spent it on other programs. And, you know, this is typical of the government. We've seen this before. But people seem to not think gambling is going to be an issue. It is an issue. It's on TV here in the Washington, D.C. area all the time. Every commercial break has a plug for some gambling site or a casino where you can go do gambling. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous, you know, because you're not, you don't have a good chance of winning.
0: That's the reality of the situation. Sure. Yeah. And and people love it. I mean, I, I enjoy a gamble once in a while. I don't throw, I don't I haven't thrown money on this game. I don't know that I will or not. And I usually don't like to because I'm too broke to do it in the first place, but it's fun to do every once in a while. Uh, and while people may have an addiction, is it the government's responsibility to say, hey, because you may have an, a, an inability to control your gambling habits, we're going to make it illegal. Is that really the place for government to be doing that?
2: No. Let's be honest. What has the government done other than getting a polio vaccine (laughs) that's been good for people's health ever? You know, government intervention in health. Ask any veteran who goes to a VA hospital how they like government sponsored health care. Yeah. You know, the, the concept that somehow governments are going to help with mental health, I think mean, governments are the cause of a lot of mental health
0: problems in this country. Yeah, amen to that. Well, and that bleeds into kind of what, uh, what I wanted to bring you on here for this week. Obviously, we saw the State of the Union, which the State of the Union address. And the theme of it from Joe Biden was essentially that the government's here to solve your problems. The government's going to do everything. It sounded like his presidential campaign speech where he said, let's finish the job. I need one more term to do everything that I want to do. And oh, by the way, all the issues that are going on in the world right now can simply be solved by handing out more government checks and, and creating more government programs. Is that kind of the flavor you got from that as well?
2: Yeah, pretty much. You know, the, it was it was a victory lap where victory wasn't really called for. I mean, imagine if you had a NASCAR race and the guy who came in last place decided to run up on the stage and jump up and down as if he was the winner. And that's kind of what we got with Crazy Joe when he, when he declared all these great successes. You know, it, it's so insulting to the actual American people when the President of the United States tells you that you know, the economy is doing great, and, and you just don't appreciate how good you're getting it from me. If you just give me more time, I'm going to make it even better. I, I don't, I think a lot of people really don't subscribe to the fact that giving this guy more time is going to make things better. It's actually going to make things worse.
0: Yeah, it is unfortunate that that is that people actually believe this, that people support it, people like it, and people go along with it. I don't normally like the heckling from uh, from Congress. I mean, uh, whether we like the president or not, I, I think it's a respect thing to let them give their deal. But when you lie so insanely much and you just say things that blatantly aren't true, I got to admit, I kind of enjoy the Republicans calling him out and him actually trying to engage with them during the speech when they started calling him a liar.
2: I thought that was earned um, because we've seen this before when they did it. And I thought it was so hypocritical of AOC to come out and say, oh, my God, can you believe they were so disrespectful? After we saw Nancy Pelosi tear up a State of the Union address on TV, um, you know, they get they seem to have this weird double standard. They do the same thing when it's coming to all the investigations that are going on. Biden came out a week ago and said, you know, Americans are tired of all these investigations. You know, Congress needs to focus on business. Well, funny when they're doing the investigations. Hey, we can't have enough of them. But the minute things flip, it becomes, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe you guys are wasting time on that. The level of hypocrisy is so nauseating. It, It just drives me nuts. I think it's good they're calling him out as being a liar, you know, and. He turned around, despite the fact that he said, oh, so we found common ground. He turned around the next day, gave a speech and said, hey, the Republicans are trying to cancel Medicare and Social Security. So, you know, the, the man is a chronic liar. And anybody who remembers his presidential run back in the 90s, you know, he did this before he got caught lying multiple times and it forced him out of the race. Joe Biden is a career politician, and lying is how he's gotten where he's gotten. Yeah, that is. So he is a creature of habit, and he's going to do it, and he doesn't care if you call him out on it. It doesn't bother him because he is used to doing it.
0: Amen to that. This is an audio clip from him back in 1995 saying this, if I can play it here.
1: I introduced the balanced budget amendment in 1984. It got nowhere. I'm one of those Democrats who voted for the Constitutional Amendment to balance the budget. I have introduced on four occasions, four occasions, entire plans to balance the budget, knowing I'm not president and I'm not the leader, but for illustrative purposes. I tried with Senator Grassley back in the 80s to freeze all government spending, including Social Security, including everything.
0: Whoa. I mean... Now he's blaming Republicans for that, but it seems like we've had a little flip-flopsy there, haven't we? You
2: know, it's it's easy to do when you're dealing with an Alzheimer's patient <laughs> um, for him to say, essentially, I don't remember seeing those things, and, and I honestly think he's telling the truth when he says, I don't, I don't recall seeing those things. I don't remember leaving classified material in my garage. You know, I believe it when he says that. Because, to be honest with you, I think it's a freaking miracle he gets through a given day without you know wandering off the White House grounds.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a miracle when he's able to put his pants on in the morning every day. I mean, there is there is that level, which is sad that that's our fearless leader running the entire nation. Uh, He kicked off the entire speech, which, of course, wasn't surprising, but yet surprising at the same time, trying to claim that he's created 12 million jobs in this nation when really they were. You're not allowed to work during covid. Now we're allowing you to come back and oh, look, now we have all this job growth. Does that rhetoric actually stick with the American people, do you think?
2: It sticks with the Democrats because it's exactly what they want to hear and what they want to believe. You know, in reality, we lost 20 million jobs during the COVID crisis. Everyone knows that. And, you know, for him to go, hey, I've created 12 million new jobs. Well, from where I'm sitting, you still owe us 8 million. Um, you know, and those numbers that he touts that are so glorious with the unemployment report... The reality of the situation is, in about two months, they will readjust that those numbers. And so far, every time they've done it, those numbers have gone down dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so while he's out, he's going, "Hey, things are going great. We made you know half a million jobs last last quarter." Well, I got news for you, Joe. Here's what's going to happen: they're going to readjust those numbers, and then reality is going to hit, and it's nowhere near that. Yeah, uh, you know this is this has become a real problem. It's. I, I disagree. And then this goes back even to the Trump era and earlier. I disagree with the inflation rates that we're
0: seeing. Sure. You
2: know, the government puts out an inflation rate, and I'm like, they're clearly not calculating it the way I do.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, Blaine, hold that thought. I want to continue that when we come back. we got to take a hard break here. But uh, you're right. The numbers, the unemployment, the inflation, all these numbers are completely absurd. And we'll talk about some of that when we come back with Blaine Pardo right here on The Voice of Reason for a busy. Friday. The
1: Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day.
0: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoos. Last segment here rocking it on a Friday as we get ready for a big weekend. Valentine's weekend. Happy Valentine's dates all you guys and gals out there. Also, we have the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Blaine, is that a good date for someone? Hey, I'm going to get you uh, a nice adult beverage and some chicken wings and a pizza and we're going to watch the big game. I think that's a Valentine's Day date right there. I don't, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it depends
0: on the young lady. <laughs> well, see, my wife may enjoy that. She's, here's the funny thing. I haven't watched an NFL game in years, largely due to the whole kneeling with Colin Kaepernick and some of the wokeness that we've seen from the NFL. I have not supported them. I haven't really cared to watch any games. Uh, this game, obviously, being somewhat of a hometown team with the Kansas City Chiefs, and the fact that both uh, uh, both quarterbacks are actually very strong religious and Christian individuals uh, is encouraging. So, we're going to watch it this weekend. I asked the wife, I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to watch the game this year because you never let me watch any football anymore. So I, that's what I want to do. And I said, all right, I guess that's what we're, what we're going to do this weekend. So, uh, okay.
2: My wife watches it every year. I think I haven't watched a Super Bowl in probably seven years.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
2: Now, it's too, it is too commercialized. I enjoy college football much more because I feel like they're actually playing hard mm. to, to make a name for themselves, et cetera. When these guys start making millions of dollars, I don't, I find that they become much more disappointing.
0: That is true. When they start walking up to the line instead of actually hustling and moving the entire time, then you know that. Uh, but I don't know. College, I think it's going to start going that way as well. I know, and this is kind of an interesting topic as well, the whole paying college athletes in order to be athletes. I don't know that I necessarily support this. Have you had an opinion on this issue?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's wrong. I, I think that they've got to take a look, the NCAA's got to take a serious look at how they're monetizing these kids, and I, I think that's wrong as well. Mm. They've really got to take a serious look at what college athletics is designed to do. It's become a giant money-making machine. You look across the board at the highest-paid people at colleges across the country, and it's the top forty of them are football coaches. Oh yeah. And there's a real problem with that, and I get it. Football brings in money, but it's you know this isn't being reflected then in lower tuition rates or anything else. It's just become a way for them to cash in. And I think it's wrong that the colleges are making a lot of money off this and the kids aren't, but I don't know if paying the kids is the right solution.
0: Yeah, when you have a multi-year contract for $40, $50 million for a head football coach for a college team, then you know you're making way too much money, and you're right. And and look, the kids are already getting paid to a degree. They have full-ride scholarships in order to come and play football for their team, or even basketball or baseball, but football's kind of the primary one. That makes, I think, the most amount of money for most schools across the nation. I mean, they're getting paid to a degree by going there for free. The crazy part is, is that they still supposedly have to hold a certain GPA in order to play I don't know how many schools actually enforce that, though.
2: I I don't know. I've heard stories over the years that they they have their own teachers and their own classes and things along those lines. I'm not sure how all that plays out. I I just think it's become this giant money-making thing that doesn't help the school in any way, shape, or form in terms of delivering an education, which is the primary mission of any college. Yeah this becomes simply a way for them to cash in. I think that it's really sad. And I think that the easy way to fix this is to say a certain amount of those profits have to go towards reducing tuition costs. And once that happens, You'll be surprised at the changes that you'd see in this
0: this Boy, arena. Wouldn't you like that? Or maybe just uh, just removing away from the dependency on certain grants coming from the federal government. If it's a state university, getting government more out of it by funding it through their uh, through their uh, sports programs and their uh, all the different sports they have there that could bring in money for the university as a whole and not just for their sports department, which. I think would be interesting as well. We got just about a minute here. We're pretty much wrapped up on the program. But speaking of, I mean, he mentioned that during the State of the Union was uh, was college tuition and the price of that, just like healthcare and pharmaceuticals and everything else. Of so we're just going to create grants and programs for them to be taken care of that way. In about thirty seconds, I mean, there's very simple ways to solve this, and that's to get government out of the industry, not so much more further into it. Correct.
2: If anybody thinks government intervention is going to reduce costs, they are woefully incorrect.
0: Mm, There it is. Boom. Done. Just like that, it's Blaine Pardot. You can find his latest book, Blue Dawn. Also, all of his books on Amazon and other places as well. Uh, A lot of the great fiction books that he writes and so many others. Blaine, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Have fun watching the game. Let's chat again here real soon. All right, talk to you soon, Andy. Hey, oh, always a pleasure, my friend. There it is, kind of a fun Friday segment for you there for this hour. We're back at it again on Monday. Got a lot more to get to. A will recap, I guess, all the shenanigans that we may see on this weekend. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.